about the church. Do you love the church? Do you serve the church? When you see the church, what do you see? Jesus loves his church. excited to see you guys. Uh, before we get going this morning, what I want to do is just uh, kind of take a little moment uh, in prayer. Um, you know, our, our country is really kind of all over the place right now, and, and uh, we, you know, over the weekend, there was, a, there was lots of stuff kind of going on in, in terms of refugees and immigrants and kind of the whole uh, nine yards. But, but one of the things that I, I often talk about is um, that behind every policy, there's a person. Um, and, and no matter where you f- really fall on policy, um, the person is still interacting with that. And, and so what I want to do is just kind of take a little time together with you, just be praying for um, uh, the people behind what's kind of going on for these refugees that are kind of getting stuck in some different places. And, and again, it's really not just about kind of where you, whether you fall on the Republican side or the Democrat, Democratic side. Um, it's not about really the policy that's really affecting. We're not, I don't, really don't want to pray through that. What I want to pray for is the kind of the safety of these people, and it's really for us as a as of us as a church. We've been uh, that I've really been thinking about over the last few weeks, last few months, really since the whole crisis started. Um, that we really need to take up a, a more deeper, more public idea of prayer for them. And so, if you could with me, just stand uh, with me. We're going to just spend some time um, praying through that, uh, pray through them. And so, I don't know if maybe you like to throw out your hands or maybe throw up your hands, whatever you want to do. But um, Jesus, we we come before you this morning. And we don't want to be a church that just, that just runs by things that affect millions of people. God, we don't want to be a type of church that is completely disconnected from, from life. There's a lot of people that we know um, that are affected by these decisions. There's a lot of people that, are, that know, that have family and friends that are connected uh, by these decisions, that are, that are affected by these decisions. And God, we just lift up these refugees and, uh, to you right now. God, we ask for their safety. We pray that you provide them uh, a home that, that uh, pray, I pray that you provide them a home in a way um, that gives you glory. God, I pray that you come around them in ways that engage. God, empower us as a church. Uh, God, to, to support, to love, and to show joy. God, I pray this morning right now that no matter where we stand on, on policy, whether we see it more right or more left, God, that we can learn how to rise above that towards the heart of the person. God, we, we, we thank you that the gospel um, isn't limited by governments. And we thank, we thank you that the gospel isn't limited by borders. But God, we pursue you now in a way that says, uh, that, that asks you uh, to keep these folks safe, to keep them connected, to keep them with their families, to show them that they're loved, 
God, I pray today more than, more than ever, perhaps, that you, that you acknowledge the fact that you and allow them to understand just the, the depth of so many hearts that are praying for them, that love them, that are, that, are, that are pulling and supporting them in a way that engages it. God, regardless of belief, regardless of party, regardless of all of that, we as followers of Jesus, we pursue you uh, and we ask you to empower us to love our neighbor well. God, I pray that you put it deep on our hearts. God, give us a generous heart for people. And as the policies play out, God, as these 90 days go by, as these 120 days go by, that we, that we look to see your glory uh, given on earth as it is in heaven. God, give us that today, we pray. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Or if you'd like to stand the whole time, that's cool too. Whatever, whatever you want to do. There's walls in the back that you can stand on. Not many people do that, but if you'd be so inclined, go ahead. Man, so excited to see you guys, and, and uh, we're in week number four of Jesus Lo- a series called Jesus Loves His Church, and we got this sermon burning in my bones to talk to you about church strategy, and the church said amen, right? Come on. Church strategy, yeah. When you woke up this morning, you said, you know what, I hope, I hope Pastor Brandon shares with me the strategy of the church. I just really hope that he does that. That would be a lot of fun if he did that. And, and so, to, you know, I'm so glad that you, that was your desire this morning when you woke up because my wish, your wish is my whatever. So, <laughs> so we're so excited to do that. The last number of weeks, we talked through a, a bunch of different stuff, the first one being what, what is the story of the church, what is the story of God, and, and what's God's story for the world? Um, really, what does, this, what does the world have to do with anything? How do we fit in? What's the Bible have to say about that? And the, really, the story of the Bible is the fact that God created the world and it was good, and then sin breaks all of it. So God has this really awesome intention for the world. The world isn't just full of uh, jerks and junk. It's just all this stuff that, that, that God had this really awesome intention for um, that sin broke. And then here, uh, later on, God comes to earth as Jesus to begin restoring all things. And like literally, it's everything. Everything from relationships to finances to your heart to all, to, to all, all of these different things, he, to, to the earth and how we use it and everything. He wants to restore it all. And he uses, he, and then as we pursue him and as he draws us to him, um, we literally are enlisted in this idea that we're a part of this restoration of all things. That's the story of the world, that we are participating in this restoration. And then the way we do that, the way we see the restoration of all things take place is, is through that lives that are changed by Christ, through hearts that are changed by him. And so we, we know that when you start to follow Jesus, there's going to be three things that change. Number one, your identity, who you are is going to change. That's why we see People make these radically different decisions, radically different lifestyle changes when, when they begin to follow Jesus. And so your identity changes, and then your, 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 your desires change. Literally, what you desire in the world will change according to what Jesus designed for you. And then lastly, your, your behaviors will change as a result of your desires changing. If, you, if what you want changes, what you do will change as well. And so we, really, we see these uh, see these hearts changed by Christ to begin to see the identity and desires and, and, and rhythms change for him. Um, and then wh- the way we do that here specifically at Community Coven- Covenant is through gospel-centered worship, community, and mission. So 
So here's the deal. Everything for us is informed by the story of the Bible. So everything about this comes from the Scriptures. It comes from Acts chapter 2. Um, and so we're going to go there uh, again, just like we did last week. We're just going to briefly read um, Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They is the group of people, our disciples, the people that were following Jesus. They devoted themselves, the church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So, so in this text, we see all of these different things that the church did. If you go back to the last slide um, real fast, it says you see the church is doing things like teaching and fellowship, breaking bread, praying. They're seeing signs and wonders, and there's, there's belief, and there's things in common. They're selling possessions, distributing proceeds. Like, there's all this activity that the church is doing. And so for us as a church, as a local church, if we want the Bible to inform everything we do, we need to take all of these things very seriously. A lot of times churches, they pick some of these. And what the, that's not the point here. The Bible asks us to do all of these. And so the way we do that, the way we kind of hit all of these at Community Covenant is through, uh, through this worship community admission breakdown. We see this done through gospel-centered commu- worship community admission. So that's why we came up with this little statement, this little mission statement that will help us put all this together. So at Community Covenant Church, we exist to participate in the restoration of all things. That's the, the, big, that's the big story. By seeing lives changed by Christ, that's the next level. And then to our local church, through gospel-centered worship community and mission. We talked last week real fast about this idea of gospel-centered. Here's what we do a lot of times as followers of Christ or just people in general. What we do is we, st- we, 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 want, life, we want our life to change. And so what we do is we say we got to just try something a little bit harder. And so we pull up our bootstraps, we put our big boy pants on, and we try to go do something a little bit better, right? The problem is what got you there in the first place? you trying to do something better, right? Like, that's what it is. Gospel-centered is this idea that I am at the end of myself. Perhaps your life's falling apart. Perhaps your life is in a place that you don't want to be. Or perhaps you feel like everything's great. You're acknowledging the fact that I am at the end of myself and I need a Savior to come put it all back together again. And so gospel-centered is this idea that Jesus is Lord, and my righteousness is found in him, my salvation is found in him, it's not found in my good activity, it's not found in my, my, uh, my, 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 acti- my actions and the way that I do things in life, it's all based off the fact that Jesus is giving me life. And so it's gospel-centered worship, it's gospel-centered community, it's gospel-centered mission, and so those are the things that you'll experience through that. So when you see a statement like that, you say, all right, that's cool, but like, how do we do that? What are the things that we do in order to see gospel-centered worship community and mission? And so that's, that's where strategy comes into play. And everyone said amen, right? Come on. All right. Yes. 
So strategy, is our strategy at Community Covenant is to see lives changed by Christ. We create environments that shape our worship, community, and mission. And I bet everyone's like, oh, yeah, man, all right, we're in. We got this. And so one, one piece I just want to hit real fast. We, we don't cause life change to happen at church. Our church doesn't cause, we don't create life change. We create the environments where life change can take place. Now, that's a big difference. Big, big, big difference. Because there are some places that you'll go and say, they're going to they're gonna make your life change. Run far, away, fast, okay? And the, the same way that you would in any relationship, you do the same thing. And the, we create the environments where life change takes place. So, so just so for instance, a lot of times people think of church and say, okay, I'm going to go to church, and you're going to wake up on a Sunday morning, you're going to go at 8.30 or 10.30, and you're going to show up to church, you're going to sit there, and then bam, I'm good, I'm done. This is just the environment where the life change takes place. And so it's in here that you'll experience all sorts of things that will help you take a next step in Christ. It's not the place that you get to that causes the life change. It's the environment that you're within that causes the shaping to take place. So we'll get to that in a little bit. So we don't create life change. We create environments where life change takes place. So we really just create three major environments that help you become more like Jesus. Just three. Just three. And I, I say this all the time when I, when I talk about the church and talk about what we do as a church. I say we just, we just do three things. We do gatherings, we do groups, and we do teams. That's all we really see a lot in the Bible, and that's really all we kind of want to do is gatherings, groups, and teams. And so we really just function through that. So today, you should have, on your way in, um, should have received, oh, you know, I don't have mine. Oh, I do. You should, like, crap. <laughs> you, should, you, should have, you should have received one of these. Everyone got these? Come on. Let's go. Let's lift them up. Let's lift them up. Come on. Got some life in church this morning. Not Pentecostal, but we're close, so let's go. All right, so this stuff here is really where uh, strategy uh, comes into play. So it, it, this is a, we want this to be just super clear for you, our discipleship path. We want it to be so clear for you that you just know, okay, if I'm here, I need to take this step. If I'm over here, I need to take this step. And this is really how the church is going to help you become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And so these are, we're going to talk through these four things. So, so we're going to help you do this by, number one, um, starting. Starting. Get introduced. Good. Are we clear on that one? Good. Sweet. Start um, is to get introduced. And here's the good news. If you're here this morning, you've already done this one. All right? So that's like, if for all of you type A folks that like to get things done real fast, good. You're all set. Number one's off that list. Start, get introduced, and this is going to be through some sort of person or platform. You're going to understand who we are and, and why we exist, about who we are as a church and why we exist. You're going to get started uh, with us, so you're going to get introduced in some sort of manner, and we do this through a bunch of different ways. When, when I say this, I say, I say pray for one, right? Who's your one? Because Jesus, what he did is he leaves the 99, and he just chases after the one, like, we should be people that, that chase after the one and just one by one begin to introduce and show people what God is like. So say, pray for one. When you wake up in the morning, say, pray, I, God, God, give me one person that I can show your love to, 
God, give me one person that you can share your love with. And so how you meet us is through that sort of ideas where, where someone is praying for one and then you bump into them and you like, believe it or not, you might think that, oh, what a coincidence, but really it's God trying to draw you to him. Because someone's praying for one. Someone's been praying for you. And so you have pray for one. You have through communications. We got like websites and Facebooks and all that sort of thing. And, and, and we begin to see this disseminate. A lot of times what I, what I, what I, when I first got here a couple years ago, I was like, you know, hey, I was driving by or someone invited me or all that sort of thing. Now that narrative is changing a little bit. I'm starting to hear, hey, I watched like 12 of your sermons online for the last 12 weeks before I came. Right? So that's that idea where, 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 where our message and our engagement with, with people that aren't here yet are really disseminated throughout all sorts of different communications. And we try to follow up with people and try to get into some sort of social idea with them. And, but, but really, this is what we do to try to reach out to folks. And we say, hey, hey we, we're a group of people that are following Jesus. We want to see lives changed by Christ. And so we begin to pray for one and say, God, give me one person that I can share your love with today and begin to help them get into an environment where they can see lives changed by Christ. And so the number one is really just to get started. And, and your next step, if you're here, and I'll talk to the camera because sometimes they watch, um, is, is to visit. That's it. That's your next step. And so that's what I was saying. If you're here, good, all set, sweet. Next step is to visit. You just want to be here with us. And check it out. Say, hey, you know what? I've been kind of following from afar for a little bit. But I want to see what's going on inside. A lot of times that's your story. A lot of times that's the story that God's going to use through you to help begin to see people uh, changed by Christ. And so that's our first environment, just to get started, just to get introduced to who we are, why we exist. We often run an, envi- we often run an environment about once a month called Connect. Um, and we, it used to be CCC in 15. We just started calling it Connect. And, and that's a, a place for you to come hang out with us, get understanding about where we're at and how to get moving. And so we want to do that together. So the first place to go is to, get, is to start. The second one, after you start, after you get introduced somehow, you begin to attend a gathering. That's just your, your, that's your decision, attend a gathering. And so, hey, so I got really great news for you. If you're here right now, you've done two. That's like awesome. Just check that suckers off, man. You're doing a great job. But, but here's really where the things begin to shape and begin to take place in, in some different ways. Um, when you attend a gathering, this is where we're helping shape worship within you and within your heart. This is an environment, not the check mark. This isn't where the action takes place. This, is, this isn't only where the action takes place. This is where we meet together and begin to see things um, that, that begin to see life change uh, go on. And so you, here you'll, you'll learn and you'll pray and you'll begin to pursue the way of life that Jesus said was possible. Okay, so um, when you attend a gathering, what you're fundamentally saying is, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all together. And I need someone to shape me to, 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 according to their design so that I can begin to see fruit and abundant life, so I can have the best life possible. To give him glory and for me to get joy. We come here so we can get shaped so that the teaching of the Bible and the worship of the, of, the, of the followers of Jesus will begin to make us look more like him. That's, that's a fundamental thing that you're deciding, that you're declaring when you come here, that my way of life doesn't work, his way of life is the best, so I want to find out what his design is through teaching and prayer 
in pursuit so that we can begin to engage with him uh, together. That's, that's, the idea that we're, that's, that's the idea that we're pursuing when we attend a gathering. Um, and so our goal here is for you to know and trust Jesus. That's what we want to see come out of gathering stuff. So I want you to know more about him. I want you to desire him. I want you to begin to trust him in, in ways that you never have before and make decisions that you never had before as you come to this environment, into this gathering environment. And so if you're here, if worship is kind of where you're sitting and you're not sure about whether you want to follow Christ or not, um, or maybe you're just a little bit further along, there's some next steps for you to take that we want you to take in order to, to explore this. And number one is to trust Jesus. Now, for some of you, this is like the first time. We, want, we just want you to make a decision to begin to follow Jesus. This is it. I want, I, this is what I want to do today. I want to follow Jesus today. And so if that's you, we... Like our, our next steps hub is going to help you engage with that, or if you want, if you connect with uh, one of the pastors here, one of the elders, we're going to help you get engage with that. Um, trust, trust Jesus. There's also starting point. Starting point is an environment where you um, are free to ask questions and you learn just some of the basics of this whole idea of faith. And, and for you know, and whether this is brand new to you or you've been doing, you've been following Jesus for a really long time. An environment to freely express doubt is okay to have, and it's necessary. How many, how many times do you just step back when you're reading the Bible and you're like, I don't know about that. I don't know where that sits. I don't know where that stands. I don't know how we, how we merge those two together. It's, uh, places like Starting Point, environment like Starting Point is there. We, we're running that right now in our second gathering, but we're going to run that throughout the, um, throughout the year uh, a few different times so that we can have these things take place. And then lastly, your, your next step, if you just began, uh, have just begun to engage with us or begin to engage with Jesus, is, is to get baptized. Now look, the New Testament says there's really one major way to know who's following Jesus. And there's all this fruit that comes as a result that you can test it, but they begin to engage, they make one decision, it's to get baptized. Now, you see this all the time in the New Testament, especially the book of Acts, where someone makes the decision to follow Jesus, and they're like, hey, look, a puddle, let's baptize you, man. And get, they get them down, and they get them up somehow, right? So they want, they, they want, like, they want you to get, uh, Jesus, Jesus is asking you uh, to get baptized fast. And so it's saying, hey, I want to I make this decision and announce to the world that I was once dead, but because of Jesus, I'm now made new, and I'm now made alive. Stories like that are incredible. That's why we're doing a baptism on February 19th. And so for you, if you haven't been baptized as an adult, someone, who's, someone who can actually, actually make the decision and actively decide to follow Jesus as an adult, we want you to take this next step. We want you to take this next step so that you can proclaim, hey, I was dead, Jesus changed me, and now I'm made new. We want you to get baptized. And so on the, on the 19th, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have, it's really, I think, one of, going to be one of the most formidable Sundays in our history where we're going to have a, a big pool here in the middle, and, and we're, going to, um, we're, going to be, we're going to be baptizing folks. Um, and then we're going to have a good old pray for one prayer meeting where we begin to pray for folks to begin to get changed by Jesus. Um, a few months ago, we talked about the idea where we would be um, shifting some of these pews and some of these, uh, shifting the pews out in the rug and putting chairs in, new, in a new rug in. Um, we finally got the date for that, and that's going to be February 19th uh, after that service. 
And so we're going to be, that week, we're going to see this really cool kind of transformation take place. Um, but that Sunday, on the 19th, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna rip up some of the rug, and we're going to, on the foundation of our church, write down the names of people that need to meet Jesus so that we can declare as a church we want to be about meeting, helping people meet and follow Jesus. So, I mean, I really hope that you can be there um, for that and, and, and try to engage uh, with all that God's doing uh, there. So we, that's the gathering. Now, right now we have about 525 or 550 people engaging uh, coming on a weekend um, on average, and uh, that's about two out of every four weekends. And so, man, we'd love to see that tick up to three or see that, you know, three out of four or maybe just go up a little bit. But for the most part, this gathering is going to help you follow Jesus um, by shaping your worship and by shaping your heart so that you can begin to put him first as creator and acknowledge you as creation. So once we get to gathering, after that, we don't want to hang out there. We want to take uh, a third step into connect, which is to connect to grow. We don't want to just attend a gathering and then just kind of come in, sneak in, kind of hug the back wall. If you're, if you're an introvert like me, I just kind of like hug the back wall until no one sees. Maybe I'll sit, you know, sit down, no one talk to me, I'm okay. And then and, and we, we want that for a little bit, and then we want you to connect. Because connecting is really where the life of our church takes place. There's, there's a lot that happens here on a weekend. There's a lot that happens here on the weekend. You can see a lot of people, you engage with a lot of people, but in all reality, the life of our church, the, 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 just the, the flesh and blood happens throughout the week in a community group. A lot of times, um, I say this, I, I've been saying this all year, and I've, I'll say it again today, is, is really, it's, it's near impossible to become the person that Jesus shaped you to be without being fully committed to a smaller group of people that are helping you do that. You read the New Testament, if you can show me a person that did that without a group of people, I'll be interested to see it. Because everybody is committed to somehow being connected to a group of people. And so over the course of this last year, we've talked to certain people that are really struggling with something really struggling with something. And as you're talking to them, you say, literally the first question that we ask is, are you in a community group? Because a lot of times, a lot of things that they're saying is, you know, a community group really just like squashes out. And so you can tell based off what they're saying, hey, I'm not connected at all. And you need to be. Uh, I, again, I often say that pastoral care, a lot of times uh, we'll say, hey, I, you know, Brandon, I need you here. I need you doing this. And I do that for as many people as I can. But you know where most of our care takes place? At the group level. Because not only, not only is there just one guy that's there, now there's the opportunity for a big, big group of friends that you know, that you've been hanging out with over the last number of weeks, that you've been pursuing Christ with over the last number of weeks, to be with you and to engage Christ uh, uh, with alongside of you, even in your most big, in your biggest time of need. Community groups are, 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 are not just a program that we do. It's our church. It's the life of our church where we're engaging God together, leaning on each other, and moving through all of that takes place. We begin to see people really struggle when they're not connected to a community group in some way, whether it's never being connected or when they begin to disconnect from a group. And and I'm not just talking attendance. I'm not just talking attendance. Because attendance, that's a big, that's like, okay, we haven't seen them in weeks. That's fine. That's that's a big thing. But you can often see it in the group when they begin to 
pull away simply by what they say or they don't say, or if they're just simply unwilling or unable to, to lay it all out and say, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. Because don't we all like to do this thing where, where we like to show up to places and say, hey, look, I got my Instagram self on me, right? Like I got Facebook, like that's me right here. And I, I bring up my, my three beautiful children. I'm going to drive in my nice car. I'm going to show up and everything's perfect for me. And we all know that behind that facade is this big old wagon full of junk. And we've been there. You know what happens? What I love about our church is that we're all like, we'll say, hey, you know what? Um, here's my junk. And you got a bunch of other people that are saying, hey, you want to see mine? <laughs> like, I got mine too, man. Like, you should, see, you should have seen where mine was like last year. Is it like, this looks bad, but you should have saw last year. Like, last year was really, really, really bad. So it's really cool that you're here and you're willing to share that with you. Like, oh, oh, your marriage is struggling. Okay, cool, because mine is too. And here's what we did to begin moving through that. Oh, my finances are a mess. Cool, because I got five bucks in my bank account right now using credit cards. Cool, all right, sweet. So let's, let's, let me show you how we did that, well, how we began to make steps through that. And even right now, you're like, are you serious? <laughs> like, that's what we got to talk about? That's what we got to do? What I love about gospel-centered community is that you're allowed to say and you're allowed to hear the most universal statement of any person, and that's just the simple phrase, me too. Me too. Hey, I got, I got a friend that has cancer. Hey, me too. Let's pray. Hey, I'm really struggling. I really don't get what this Bible teaching says. I don't, I don't, I don't want to apply it. Yeah, me too. I struggled with that for a long time. Let's go to town. Let's begin to talk about it. And you don't, you don't, you begin to walk with in a journey with people that aren't just some disconnected group of people, but they're your friends. And your friends are helping you pursue Christ. So you want to connect. Right now at our church, we have between 70 and 80% of you connected to a community group. That's amazing. Okay, yeah, I need you to hear me say that to you because that truly is amazing. When I talk to other pastors, they say, oh, you know, if we get to like 30%, we're okay. And they, t- and they try to tell me sometimes, they're like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't push it too hard. 30, 35%, that's all right. And it takes all within me to, to like, to, to not say, oh, yeah, we're at 70 or 80%. <laughs> it works. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that, just, that stuff just doesn't work in New England. Oh, yeah? Let me just tell you about a church on Tremont Street in Rehoboth. Like, that, let me tell you about that church where it's literally 70 to 80% of our church is engaging. But they're saying, everything that I just said, they're saying, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Vulnerability, cool, let's do it. I want to lay it all out so that Christ can shape me. So that Christ can shape me. 70 to 80%. Now, there are some next steps that we can, can, you can continue to connect, and, and so you, you can do it through uh, CCC Connect, like I said, groups that what I just spent a lot of time on, and th- there's home groups and recovery groups. Um, there's ownership that Barbara just talked about. We're going to be doing that over the next couple, couple weeks. We're going to run that monthly just to help as many people as we can take that, take that, stop, uh, take that next step and then develop over the next few months. We're going to be starting some stuff to really help uh, with the information, the knowledge piece, the teaching piece of the Bible. So uh, we'll begin to see steps uh, kind of like that take place. But here's, again, here's what I love about community. Uh, I have a lot of good friends that are connected and actually good f- and family members of mine that are connected to the recovery, to recovery in some way. 
some sort of recovery uh, 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 statement in their past um, where they're just practicing recovery every single week. And here's what I love about those folks. Here's what, they're, they're my friends and my family, like, literally a bunch of my family members that are saying, literally, I don't have it all together. Sometimes there's more truth downstairs in the basement of a church than there is upstairs in the sanctuary. Yeah, we got some, we got, we got some of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, because here's the deal. We're stepping up and we're saying, this is me. And I know Jesus doesn't cast me away because of all this junk. And I need you to help me take next steps to become more like him. Man, I love that. I love when people do that. And that's exactly what we try to do in community. Say, all right, we take that next step. And you're like, okay, you just freaked me out. I'll stay in the gathering for a little bit longer. Maybe take a next step in that a little bit. But, but that's where we want to help you take the next step there to say, I want to become more like Christ and do it with a bunch of good friends. So that's number three. We connect. We connect so that we can grow and become more like Christ. And number four, we serve. We participate in the restoration of all things. We participate with God. And so if you start, you get introduced, you decide to attend a gathering, and then you begin to get shaped through the gathering. And over some time, you say, you know what, I really want to connect, and I want to grow to become more like Christ and connect with these people to help me grow with them. And then lastly, we serve where we participate with God in the restoration of all things. We're literally everything about our existence is, is, is proved to show God glory, to give God glory, and to show man how they can have joy. That's what everything about us we want to engage in. And so our path goes from start to gather to connect, uh, to serve. Now, serving is in many different capacities. We have a, a local capacity. We have a global capacity. Um, we have some different things that we do in the area. We also have a lot of opportunities right here at the church in our weekend gatherings or um, in, in other elements as well um, where you, you can begin to serve and, and kind of pour out what all that God is doing inside of you. You're saying, okay, outside of it, I, I want to pour it all out. Because here's what happens sometimes with number four. When we just serve, all we're trying to do is, well, I've got to do the right thing. And maybe that will help me feel better. And that's not gospel-centered mission. Gospel-centered mission is, Jesus changed me. Jesus loved me. Therefore, I'm going to love you. God changed me. And so out of a heart that's surrendered to Christ, you begin to pour out mission. And you begin to engage with the world as a way of showing God what, showing others what God is like and what he's done inside of you. Gospel-centered mission isn't, I need to feel better and look better and do more. It's, man, I know Jesus, and Jesus would want me to do this. Your desires change, and your activity and rhythms change. And you begin to serve. Now, Right now at our church, we have about 50 to 60% of you engaged in some sort of serving opportunity. Again, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool that you're engaged with that. We, we love this so much, and that, that's why we're, tonight we're going to do that volunteer appreciation now. We want you to come to that um, so that we can appreciate you and kind of give you some vision about how, about how serving connects with what we're doing. We want you to be there tonight. It starts at 7. Um, there's going to be some stuff, you know, some stuff there to hang out with. But, man, if you're volunteering, we want to hang out with you tonight. It would be a lot of fun. Uh, to see all that happening. Um, but, but literally 50 to 60% of you are pushing through that. So if, if you're here, um, you, you're going to take a few next steps. You have a few next steps for you uh, that you can take. And 
The, the first one could be giving. When you begin to pour out, when you begin to pour out what God has done inside of you, a lot of times that first happens with your finances. Now, we just did this back in the fall uh, a few months ago where we literally saw the, a, a, a big group of people say for the first time that I'm going to honor God with my money first. I'm going to give him the first 10% of my income to show him that he owns everything, that I'm not the owner, I'm the steward of everything that he has given me in order to show others what he's like. I mean, we saw a bunch of you take that first step. That's a, that is a serving, a participation next step. We, Perhaps the next step for you is inviting, where you're saying, okay, for a while, you know, this place is just a cool place to come on a Sunday, maybe, or it's a big group of people, but maybe you don't call at church, you don't tell anybody. You know, have you ever been there? You're like, I go to this place at 8.30 on Sundays, sometimes, we have coffee there, you know, and that's it. <laughs> but maybe, maybe for you, as God is working in you in a gathering or in a community group, Inviting might be that, that way you participate. You say, you know what, I'm going to own the fact that I go to a church, that I engage with a church that has really, uh, I've really experienced the life of God and the life of Christ change me, and I'm going to begin to show others what he's like by simply saying, hey, why don't you come with me? Why don't you come with me? A lot of times when, when our friends uh, kind of give us problems, right, they'll say, oh, you know, I, just, I have this big problem in my life and I need, I need help trying to figure it out. A lot of times what we do is we try, to, we try to accomplish the, we try to solve the problem. We try to help them solve the problem. But a lot of times what we can do is say simply, hey, you know what, I, I don't know exactly the, how to do that, but let me just show you where I, start to, I started to see life change in my life. When I started attending here, or I started going to group, or I started serving over here, and, and Jesus really began to change my heart through that environment. That's what you can simply do in inviting. You can serve. You can sign up to serve. There's at the Next Steps Hub, there's d- different opportunities that you can engage in. Um, or lastly, you can lead. Now, this, is, this one is cool because this is not necessarily just a sign up here and engage with this. Because some of you, God has given you a vision or a gift of how to participate in the restoration of all things. He's given you some sort of gift that says, you know what, I can do this. I can do this and be, literally begin to see a culture renewed, literally begin to see things take place, things change. We have people like this all throughout. We've, we've had a history of this so much in our church that we want to continue to see it. We've had different people. Um, we, you know, we start James, James back here from Haiti, um, and, 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 and where people, they begin to train teachers in Haiti. And we had other people that said, I, you know, I, I want to I begin to, I want to change the, 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 lime, the, the lime industry in Haiti, or I wanted, I, we had Joy Johnson, she, she's great, she's been in a church over the last year um, in Menden, Mass, uh, Bethany Community Church, where she started a home for people that are leaving uh, the ACI, the women's ACI, and she said, they're full of worth, they're full of dignity, and we need to help them get back on their feet, but you know how she started? Making dolls for the women in the ACI. See, a lot of times we have these big grand plans to do big things for God, but what we forget is that they all start off with some small gift that we simply just give. That's it. Say, hey, you know what? I, I can make dolls. Well, she went from making dolls to becoming the stinking chaplain for the prison, and then that's allowed her to see literally 
like hundreds of people touched by the love of Christ. Simply started because she liked to make dolls and she wanted to share that. Some of you have that. Some of you have this thing in, in you, like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to serve. But God is beginning, or maybe you need to start asking God for this and say, God, give me a vision, a way to use my gifts so that I can begin to participate in the restoration of all things that gives you glory and gives man joy. That's participation. That's engaging. And so you can give, you can invite, you can serve, you can lead. When a church isn't just internal, but can begin to send missionaries, send people that are renewing culture, that's when you start to see whole cultures change, whole communities change for the glory of God. And so we want you to start with us. We want you to gather. We want you to connect. And we want you to serve so that you can ultimately help people do the same thing as we engage with Christ together. Here's, here's what Jude says. Jude, Jude talks about this, Jude chapter 1. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Remember what John uh, chapter 17 says eternal life is, is just simply knowing God, that eternal life that we will live forever with Jesus, but we'll also live an abundant life today. He says, I want you to keep yourselves in the love of God. Building yourselves up. He's not saying, okay, you got to just try a little bit harder, do a little bit more. He says, I want you to take responsibility for your next steps. God's doing the work in you. I want you to take responsibility for it. I want you to look at what you got to do and say, God, help me. Change my desires so I can pursue you. Change my identity so I can be known in you. Change my rhythm so I can do what you've asked me to do. And so you could be here today and be like, okay, okay. Like, look, look, the last time I went to a church gathering, it was weird, man. Like, it was just weird. They had me, like, sitting and standing and doing all this stuff. Like, I don't get it. Or, you know, we went to this church one time, and there was, like, this guy crying next to me. I don't get it. It's weird. And he said, he said, you know what, I want you to come to the gathering for a little bit. I want you to just make a commitment to come and sing with us. And I want, you to, I want you to hear the teaching of the Bible. And I want you to begin pursuing the things that I've said are possible to pursue. And I want you to begin to see those things, how they literally will change who you are and change your life. You're saying, okay, here, uh, Pastor, last time I went to a church and I connected with people, I got really, really, really hurt. I mean, I mean, gossip all over the place and, and literally like people just stab me in the back and I just, I, you know, I, I, it's better for me to sit in the quiet dark and not talk to anybody because that, that's when I feel safe. And Jesus is saying, that's, that's good to heal, but you want to do it eventually with people. That if you are in a healthy community of people, if you're in a healthy community of people, you will literally see your life change. You will have friends that go way beyond your interests, way beyond, but literally will be connected by the idea that there's more to life than what we see and that we can be changed by someone that we love. You say, okay, I love coming to the gathering and community group is so fun, there's even pizza. But serving, serving's a mess. I, you know, no thanks. 
Serving, that's a little too uncomfortable for me. Giving, you want me to give how much money? Like, come on, what is this, some sort of YMCA club? I don't get it. Like, what, you want to give? You want me to give? You want me to serve? It's so much easier to just sit places and hear things and talk to people. You want me to do something? You want me to use my gifts and risk the things that I have and be a part of the things that you're doing that God asked me to do? No, no, no. It's a lot easier to do those other things. But, but if we stop just that connecting, literally a whole culture and an entire generation will miss the good news that Jesus is for them and he wants to be in them and wants to love them alongside of what they're doing. A whole generation, a whole culture will miss that. And we need a church that's saying, okay, all that God has done in me, I want to pour out so that we can see culture renewed by the gospel of Jesus. Because we want to be fully devoted followers. We want to live the life that God intended us to live. I think God's going to do that in our church this year. Where it's not just teaching, it's not just this place that we come once a week, but it's literally going to be a group of people that we experience the power of God with. You're like, whoa, I can do teaching. But power? Yeah, I believe that God is going to draw us to him in a way that's going to be remarkable. It's going to be unlike anything that anyone's ever seen. I was reading a book this week by A.W. Tozer called The Pursuit of God. And, the, and he, said, he said, a lot of times we gauge the move of God simply by how many people attend. How many people attend things? This is a guy that's writing back in like 1940. We still struggle with this in churches. By how many people attend? He said, you want to gauge revival? You want to gauge where the spirit is actually moving in the hearts of people? Ask how many people or see how many people are asking to pray. See how many people are saying, I'm being drawn to my knees so that I can know him. Not so that I can, so that I can be strong and courageous and go do mighty things, but I simply want to know Christ because when you know Christ, you will be a part of some mighty things. But he said, I just want you to know me. I mean, I'm so encouraged. I've had so many people over the last month say, hey, we need to pray. We need to pray. We're going to be talking about it in the next couple of weeks where, where we can really do that well together. But I encourage you too, man, at home, we talk about this, you know, take the first 15 or 30 minutes of your day and just simply be with Jesus. Not so that you can get some sort of divine check mark, but that so you can know Christ. If you know Christ, literally your heart changes and all that's going to happen through you and in you is shared with the world. That's what we want to see for you. We don't want this to be just a bunch of check marks. All right, I did it. Start, I gathered, I connected, and I served. I'm good, right? missing it. It's out of a heart that Christ changes where we begin to desire worship, community, and mission. That's a church I want to be a part of. I hope that's a church you want to be a part of too. Hey, let's stand together. We're going to sing a bit before we close out. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And God, we lift you high this morning. The Bible says that when we lift you high, you will draw men to you, God. So we simply worship you, God. We ask that you pull us towards you. God, I pray that you give us the desire, this, 
this fire to take responsibility for next steps and as we grow closer to you. God, I pray that you put within us a, a desire to know you, to trust you. That God, that no matter what our life looks like, whether it's falling apart or it's awesome, that we can know that there's life that's greater than it all. That there's life greater than anything that I could create for myself found in you. So God, I pray that you put that desire in us. Help us gather well. God, help us connect. Lay it all down at the foot of the cross and be shaped by you. God, help us serve. Help us pour all of this out. That a heart changed by Christ is literally going to pour out with their gifts and giving and with leading, with inviting, with serving. God, I pray that you Allow us to do that, that it's not just gathering and connecting and we're done, but God, that you want us to pour out and be a part of the restoration of all things. God, I pray that you empower us as a church to do that. Help us experience the power of God over this year. Look forward to thanking you for it. In your name we pray.